What's up, guys? Welcome to the Coffee with Sam podcast. This is a very special podcast because today I am not the interviewer. I am being interviewed. I have Juggy from BBC Cambridge Radio who wants to interview me about my weird and crazy career choice. I think it's normal, but he seemed to think that me being a cheer coach for my career is different. So welcome to the show, guys. Juggy from BBC Radio to the Coffee with Sam podcast. Roll that intro. What's up? How you doing? I'm good, you? Yeah, all good, all good. Thank you for being part of this. You're welcome, you're welcome. So it is the first episode of Untraditional. So basically it's a series where what I'm doing is I am chatting to people with different career choices, finding out why, when, how it all happened. And you're my first guest, Sam, so feel privileged. <laughs> Smashed it. <laughs> and you're live I'm from ex- Birmingham, right? I'm, yeah, Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah, Birmingham. Okay, brilliant. So look, let's start off. Tell us about what you actually do for a career. So tell, just outline it all. Like, what, what do you do? So um, some of my business is uh, fitness and personal training. But obviously the unique side to it is 90% uh, cheerleading. So I can do anything from coaching for a program. So for a certain, say like you got Man United, like a certain program, um, I'd coach for them. And I have a team that I would coach with other coaches and we go to competitions and compete. Um, right. Also, I could be employed to go and work with someone else's team to okay. ex- uh, give my knowledge that I've, I've learned throughout the years to them. Um, but also I'm part of an educational company, so I can deliver. If, so if you, Jugzi, wanted to um, get qualified to coach, yeah. I could deliver that course to you to get your cheerleading qualifications to be able to coach. Okay, so it's all kind of cheerleading specific, but like different stuff within that. Yeah. Okay, so are you actually a cheerleader then? You, I you... Was, yeah, I, reti- I retired uh, last year. That's crazy, because you're 28 years old and don't retire. So is there like a time frame for like cheerleaders? Is there like an age range? Uh, there is, there is, but you can, you can keep going and you could just do it rec- recreationally if you want to. I know 30, 30 mid-30s that have been, been to the World Championships and competed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can keep doing it recreationally if you want to. Oh, that's crazy, that's crazy. Okay, and you've been doing it for 11 years, you said, right? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, eleven years. That's a good old run. So that's when you. <laughs> so you started when you were about seventeen. Yeah. So um, I used to trampoline. So I was a national trampolinist. So I competed right. nationally trampolining, and always struggled with being on my own. Always struggled with getting on the trampoline and competing on my own. Um, so decided to find a team sport which still had the same implementations as flipping and going upside down and. And that type of thing. So I found cheerleading, just went to a local club and fell in love with it. The day I went in, fell in love with it. Um, really? So that was the day you had the light bulb moment? Like, you know, when you think, I want to do this for the rest of my life, that was the kind of moment. Yeah, so there was, there was actually um, one of my friends, he, he'd started, he'd gone to, he was a trampolinist as well, and he'd gone to have a look and was like, dude, this is wicked, come and have a look. And I was like, nah, that's, that's, that's not for me. Like, that's not for me. But then I went, one session, fell in love with it, and that was 11 years ago. <laughs> hey, the fact that you, and the thing is, right nowadays, it's so hard, there's so many choices. The fact that at 17, you kind of found your kind of path already at that age. 
Yeah, what so... got you into trampolining in the first place? Oof. So my school, my actual high school, was big on gymnastics and trampolining. So wow. from a young age, we were pushed. It wasn't like, oh, well, the football club are good or the rugby club are good. It was, we've got this gymnastics team that travel the world doing shows, and they also go and do competitions. So we were yeah. pushed towards gymnastics and trampolining from a high school from high school age. Oh, okay, okay. So always quite athletic, always kind of pushed into that, and then you found cheerleading. As yeah, a so I left. Different. I left left the school team, and uh, me and the same friend joined um, a competitive outside club to push it mm-hmm. and go and compete further. Both of us go into the nationals, and a lot on the team going to nationals. Then yeah, that's then where I found cheerleading. I found that I was a lot better and calmer in a team environment than I was on my own. And I just, okay. I just enjoyed being in the gym with a team. Whereas on a trampoline, I just felt alone. Okay, um, no, fair enough. Fair enough. I get that. I get that. Because cheerleading is quite a team kind of spirit. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could, be the, you could be the best cheerleader in the world. If you haven't got 20 other three athletes that want to win just like you, then you're not going to get anywhere. So everyone has to be the same. How many people are on a cheating, a cheer squad? So a world team is 24 athletes. Oh, bloody hell. But in, in a recreational, um, you, can, you can go up to, I think, 30 athletes on the floor. Okay. And would cheerleading be classed as a sport? Is it classed as a sport? Is it classed as a kind of athlete? Is it not? Not yet. So two years ago at the World Championships, uh, the sport was, well, the cheerleading was asked to be um a part of the olympics right so it got it got accepted by the olympic board yeah but then we haven't had anything after that but there is a plan i think there's like changes in the uniform changes in how cheer is done and there's it's going to be a good another couple of years till it's even thought of again but it's on its way yeah um but i do believe this is just my opinion that the reason is because there's not a good scoring system for it Okay, okay. So like gymnastics, there's like, well, this is how it happens. Or there's football, you've got to put the ball in the goal more than the other. (laughs) It's like very black and white, whereas with cheerleading, because there's so many aspects, they don't class it as artistic, they don't class it as gymnastics, they don't class it as acrobatic. So they're a bit like, how do we score it? Even the scoring's very opinionated. So like, I could watch a routine and be like, whoa, that blew me apart. You could be like, well, actually, that's not what I was looking for, so you could mark it down. Right. I think that's where the argument lies at the moment is to w- the judging system. Um, okay. But it's on its way. It's on its way. It's, it's been good. accepted by the Olympic Committee, so it's, it's on its way, slowly. Fingers crossed, eh? <laughs> so why do you think it isn't? So apart from the kind of judging system, scoring system, is there anything else you think, okay, why it's not kind of deemed as a sport quite yet? Is it because of... What do you think? Um, I think, I think it's, to me, it's 100% that, the scoring system, because okay. it's so opinionated yeah. that it, it's a broader stretch. Whereas like gymnastics, it's like, well, you're at this level, you have to hit this, 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 and this skill. Yeah. Cool. They did, it, they did the same skill as them, but they did it a little bit better. They scored a little higher. Whereas with cheer, I could think a skill was done perfectly, and you could be like, well, actually, they did it slightly this do you know what I mean? Like, there's just so many aspects. There was that one guy in it on the panel. <laughs> there's just so many, so many, like cheerleading, it's just, I, I class it as, it's like an explosion in two and a half minutes, it's like an explosion and there's just so much to look at and I think just on. to get that scoring system down enough to say, 
it's an Olympic sport, which then then it's classed as a sport as soon as it hits the Olympics. I think until then, it's just going to be classed as performance. Okay. It's horrible to say. Horrible to say because it's it's a lot more than just a performance sport, but we have to accept that at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Well, look. As long as you, the thing is, as long as you've always got the industry in general, it's always got somewhere to go to. That means you're going to keep climbing and fighting, isn't it? You yeah. Get 100%. Me? Oh, when I when I started eleven years ago, the sport is so much further ahead than what it was yeah, when I first started. You must have seen like the big difference, right? From like seventeen to twenty-eight, like crazy. Big was there any hesitation for you or like negativity from like kind of the outside world or people around you when you said you wanted to, you know, become a cheerleader and because it's quite a female dominated sport, athletic, you know. What, so it's there, but as a person for me, I could brush it off because um, I was a mechanic when I first started cheerleading. So I was in the motor trade. Okay, so you do like the kind of <laughs> I was with, typical I was, male thing and then yeah. the untypical male thing. Yeah, I was working as a motorhead in a, in a garage um, and then on the night times and the weekends, I was going off and doing trampolining and cheerleading. Um, but it was more of, I've never, I've never cared what I look like. I've never cared how I act. Like if it's professional, it's fine, but I've never cared if I'm loud or I, yeah. I've never cared what people care about me. So I, I've seen it and I've seen males be affected by it very, very mentally and, and badly. Um, I've had to send messages to young, to young males who are really? starting out and like talking to them because people, parents have reached out to me. Um, but me, myself, I've never been affected by it because I never, that's what I wanted to do. So that's what I'm going to do. Someone said, well, that's amazing. From mechanic to cheerleader, I love that you made it. <laughs> Jasmine, <laughs> there you go. That is a change. That is a kind of complete 360. <laughs> yeah, people used to be like, you do what? And I was like, yeah, yeah on the weekend, I go and do cheerleading. <laughs> <laughs> but um, why do you, what about from the outside point of view? Like your, did you get a lot of uh, negativity from outside point of view? Like any of your mates and stuff or any your family? Like what was their reaction to mom, dad, I want to be a cheerleader? Like, Oh, mates want to be cheerleader. Yeah, so uh, my, my dad uh, doesn't get it. Okay. Dad just well, still. Yeah, he's very old school, doesn't get it. Um, okay. My mom, supportive of anything I wanted to do. Uh, we'll, we'll get into a lot more of where I needed support in probably further down the interview, but mom, fully supportive, whatever. Um, outside, never negativity, just don't get it. So I didn't get negativity from friends and people outside of cheerleading, but they just didn't understand it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if you've seen the new documentary on Netflix called Cheer. Yeah, Cheer, so yeah, yeah. That, I, I had messages from friends I went to school with like 12, 13 years ago that would message me and say, Sam, I get it now. I get, I get why you're so invested in it. I get why you're social media is just cheerleading I, I get why you love it so much um so that documentary has helped out a lot but that's never, nice isn't it that is nice that never really know. negativity and if i did get negativity then they're not friends right <laughs> yeah well exactly <laughs> well the thing is in in when you do something a bit different you're always going to get that the people that quite don't understand they're not necessarily negative they just don't understand and that's fine that's normal isn't it like you just gotta you just gotta deal with that when you choose like something. Yeah, different. you still get the people now. I think it's funny to say, well, it's not a sport. Yeah. Or you do do this, or it is a bit girly. Um, yeah. 
But as soon as you show them a video of what you do or a training session, which that's what the documentary Cheers done very well, is it's expressed the the training side of it. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, it's just as hard as football or as American football or... Well, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to learn. Like, chore chore choreography is, like, hard to learn, isn't it? But I always just... The way I say straight away is to shut them down is dance is about six to, to eight, eight counts of a two and a half minute routine. Yeah. So you do a quick eight count, like six, eight counts of dance, and that's it throughout the whole thing. That's the only thing that you could say is girly. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so why do you think it is perceived like that? Do you think it's like kind of the media perception of cheerleading and the kind of stuff that's in films and TVs and the pom-poms and the outfits and stuff like that? Yeah, so I, I think the media ran with it. Bring It On didn't help. <laughs> the movies so, okay so you think bring it on was it help or a hindrance it didn't help it was a hindrance because it was all very towards the girly the diva side of things um whereas did you did you know cheerleading was actually invented by males oh really so it was invented by males to cheer on exclusive their, right there <laughs> so to cheer on their own friends at a football game so it was men cheering on men at a football game Right. And then they got the megaphones so they could be louder than each other. And then it was the girls got involved then to obviously get crowd attraction to the to the to the team playing. And then it ran with it with the girls and then boys and girls. Um, but then yeah, I I do think yeah, bring it on didn't help at, really? at all. <laughs> but it, it publicised it. It publicised that you know Chili didn't exist and because it, it's such a big hit film. So do you not think it done good as well or just not? Um, like you say, it publicised it, but I can't say, because in America, it's still the same, right? It's still the same. Like if you're, you know, if you're a cheerleader in America, you're, you're cool in the cheer team, but outside of that, you might not be seen as cool as such. So it's, it's a hard one. It is a hard one. Like you say, yes, it got, it got cheerleading into the limelight. Yeah. But I do think, the movie lines and how is it, it was explained. It was still the boys weren't cool in it. Yeah. Um, it was all about the girls. Like if you were a cheerleader, you weren't cool at school, in college, etc. So 50-50, we'll agree 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, you have a I good think point. you're more towards 60-40. <laughs> <laughs> but why do you think, um, so obviously I, I, on the radio, I interviewed a, a female cheer coach from Essex and she was like, what, she doesn't get why men don't sign up. Like, you know, they get to chuck girls up and they get to like throw people around and they get to like, and it's actually quite like athletic and you're doing a lot and it's like, she doesn't get it. And she's like trying to encourage more men to sign up because on a team you just, you apparently do need like a good mixture of people, a good mixture of different physiques and everything like that. So what, why do you think like, what can be done to encourage men to go down this route a little bit more? Keep doing what we're doing because, like I say, when I first started in in, in uh, eleven years ago, when I competed, there was two two males on my team, and there was probably seven or eight males in the whole competition. Even when the big world teams turned up, they were like say nine or eight boys. Now you could get fifty fifty. You could get fifteen, sixteen boys on a team. So I feel. Just keep going as we're going and keep doing what we're doing. Um, the routines are getting a lot more athletic, so that helps um, yeah. because 
then I think, like you say, the males start to think, oh, well, actually, yeah, it's athletic. It's like football. It's like soccer, etc. It's not just pom-poms and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so I think that's it. And it, universities help too, because it's, very, it's getting very big in universities to do. Yeah. So um, like you say, with the girl you interview, it's easy for her because she's not going to get ridiculed at all for doing cheerleading. Whereas it's hard for a male to step somewhere where they're probably going to get some negativity. Um, but I do feel in universities, like a lot of university teams will turn up to uh, competitions now with a, a vast amount, a lot amount of boys in their team. Yeah. So universities are helping. I think we can't really force it. Yeah. We can just keep going as we're going. And why do you think it is more prominent in the US? Because there's a lot of cheerleading activity in the UK, but it just seems like the US is dominated in terms of like cheerleading across the world. Like, apart from soccer, they dominate everything, right? Like yeah, sport, yeah. Sport-wise, <laughs> I think it's because they they see a they see a market, they see an idea, and they run with it. Yeah, obviously, it it started in America. I do believe I might be wrong, um, but they they see a sport and they 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 go with it. Um, and they're so intense out there, um, which is why they're so good at it. But the UK, the UK are coming. The UK are. Do you, can you, do you genuinely believe that? Because it feels like the US generally support cheerleading by featuring it on TV, featuring it on films. Like, you know, they interview people like they're actually, you know, the universities are really promoting like cheer squads and everything like that. So why, what do you think in terms of? Um. I think it's like anything with, with the British. We're a bit like, mm, we're not going to jump on that until, until they see something with it as such. And the media, so the media, um, our Team England teams now have four, four five, uh, about eight world's medals okay. for, throughout the junior division, uh, all-girl division and co-ed division, which is boy and girl. They're actually... The current world champions in every division oh, wow. at the world championships, but the BBC, etc., they'll run with it for a week, and then you don't yeah. see anything. So yeah. they'll be like, "Oh, cheerleading, da da da," and then that's it. Whereas in America, they love their Continuous. sports. They love yeah. their sports. It carries on. They they feature it on ESPN. Granted, it's not the same weekend as worlds or competitions, but they do film footage. And it will be on ESPN. It will be on their sports channels. Whereas in England, you, you won't see that. Maybe in the next five years. But um, Do you think it's heading, do you genuinely think it's heading towards being more publicised? And therefore, if it's more publicised, you're going to get more men signing up. Because if, you know, the positive side's publicised anyway, yeah, you're going to get more change. So do you think it is genuinely heading that way? Yeah. It's, it's on, it, it, like I tell you, that some of the, the national, like nationals, so national competition, when I first went to a nationals, it felt like a regionals. You go to nationals now, there are thousands and thousands of that. They're struggling to put teams in to the nationals. So it's in, when you're in the industry, you see it growing. Um, and then now you speak to people outside the industry, they start to understand it. So I feel like once the public understand it, then the media will understand it. Then it yeah. will get, it's, I feel yeah. like as soon as the media get hold of it, it's going to be good for us. Yeah. But until then, it's, uh, it's, it's just down to us to keep pushing it and keep doing our thing. Okay, no, I get that. I get that. And what, how does it all work in the UK? So what, you know, how is competitive cheer work? Like, so do you compete against, who do you guys compete against? You know, so we have club and we have country. So you compete against, there's clubs all around the country. 
yeah. and you meet at your regionals. Um, you have competitions there, and then you can meet at your bid events, which are the bigger events where yeah. you can get a bid to go to the world championships. So you compete um, and you'll compete against whoever turns up that day. So maybe five teams might turn up for the world's bids and then um, you can get one that will get a paid bid. So you actually get a sponsorship to go. And then depending on the, on the, the provider, the competition provider, they will give a couple out where you can um, go to worlds, but without the funding. Right. Okay. Okay. So is it, you know, when you think of like sport, you think, okay, look, you know, like football, they're playing it, they're doing the teams, it's publicized, it's on TV, you're watching it. So, you know, it's kind of like underground with Chile, didn't it? It happens and there's big events and people turn up in their thousands, right? But it's just kind of, because you don't hear about it, you're like, oh, how does it all work? Oh yeah, right. When we have nationals, which we actually are going to miss this year, but nationals is normally the end of our season in July in Bournemouth at the, um, the, the Bic Arena in Bournemouth. Right, okay. And yeah. the, the, that event is actually now the biggest event that Bournemouth have all year. See, that's crazy. Like, that's crazy. And no one would know that. Like, right now, you are exposing that. <laughs> yeah. And what about, okay, so what about earning-wise? Can you earn from being a competitive cheerleader, a cheer coach? Like, is it a good, like, is it a good, like, general income? You can't earn. You can't earn being a cheerleader, right? Which I do. I do believe myself because that was my thought five years ago, and I was like, you know what? I want to make this a career. Um, mm. In a couple of years, well, maybe five years, that there might be sort of a bit more money where sponsorship might be thrown around, um, and as it becomes more of a, the UK starts to attach onto cheerleading. I think then people will be able to get sponsorships and it probably will end up like every other sport. It's many, many years for that to go. But as a coach and owning a program and passing on your knowledge, you can make a career at it. Okay. Oh, someone's asked, how do you, how has COVID affected cheerleading? How do you know COVID will affect cheerleading? Um, at the time it's affected it because it shut the season down. Um, yeah. I actually started my coaching journey with like given an actual team to coach this year and I only got to coach them once at a competition. And uh, what team is that? Uh, so Coventry Dynamite and then mm. Nitro. Nitro is my team. Um, okay. So we got to do once and then the season was shut down from there. Um, so it's affected, I think it's going to affect us for a long time because you could have up to 50 athletes in a gym at a time and that's a very close-knit people in the changing rooms, in the yeah. gym, cheerleading, you're, you're, you're holding hands, you're holding body parts. I feel like it, it might be a very long time until we're allowed. I hope it's not. Yeah. But I think it might be. The US have opened their cheer gyms back up. So fingers crossed it's another couple of weeks for us. But, um, and I'm hoping that every program has had the government support out of this, that they, we haven't lost any cheer programs. That was my very – I was very worried about – cheer programs going under because yeah. they've got overheads of gyms of thousands of pounds um, yeah. and with nothing coming in then I do feel like the cheerleading industry has come together throughout this though because that's good that's good I feel like generally there's a lot of good community spirit there's a lot of kind of people working together promoting each other and I think that's good that you can see that yeah there's been a lot of like help uh, we've got sport cheer sport cheer GB which is the governing body that's recently been set up they've been doing a lot of webinars and 
different gyms have been talking to each other to say, this is how I'm dealing with it. This is how I'm still bringing money in, um, jumping on Zoom, creating online classes for their athletes. Um, I have to go on every Wednesday with my, with my other coach. So me and an, another coach go on and we still have to run our team sessions like we would be doing in the gym to keep our right. athletes interested, to keep them fit, to keep them not from going insane while they're stuck at home. <laughs> keep them on the right path, yeah? Yeah, so I think COVID has affected us as in, it's cut the season short and we work. You work so hard to compete and we've only had a chance to do it once and the World Championships was cancelled, which affected a lot of people this year. Uh, me, yeah. me including, because I was actually retired, um, but I ended up back on a world's team. Okay. So we would have flew out to America in April to compete at the World Championships. So even me, I was, I was mentally getting ready to compete again. Um, and yeah, it got cut short. So it's affected, it's affected the industry massively, but I do believe that they'll come out of it. We're going to come out of it fine. Better. Yeah. Just think of this as rest time and then everyone's be ready to go once it's back up and running. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and oh. you get to travel a lot with um, competitive cheerleading and doing... Oh yeah, you, right? you won't believe the places I've been to. Um, then you the best one. Where's like kind of the best place? Vegas. Really? Okay, that's amazing to know that it travels that far. You it can compete, yeah. So uh, the team on... Coventry we can we traveled to in the same month actually we traveled to Vegas we competed in the Manly Bay Hotel in Vegas oh wow then we flew back and then a week and a half later we then flew out to back to Florida to stay there for two weeks for the world championships there you go see look it's, it's uh, the perks of the job eh and then now uh, now I'm an educator I get to travel so I've been and I've um, delivered cheerleading workshops in Spain Ireland, um, Scotland. So I get to travel all around the UK as well as, like I say, going to Barcelona, went to Barcelona and spent the weekend there teaching. That's good. That's good that you kind of picked a career that allows you to do that. Do you get what I mean? You can do that. And what about for you? How is, how is kind of, so you're doing cheerleading, you're doing that, but you moved into cheer coaching. How has the difference been for you? And was it more of a was, financial kind of decision or was it just kind of natural progression? Um, financial would have been there because cheerleading is not a cheap sport to be involved in. Yeah. Um, so financially, yes. And also I was ready to coach. So I actually spent a season out in America and watching them coach. Because whenever I got coached in England, they were my coach. So I never looked how they coached. I just got coached get showered at, get told what to do. I was an athlete. Whereas in America, I sat back and I, I watched the coaches coach because I had a lot of free time. And I was like, I want a bit of this. I want to, I want to, I want my own team. I want people to look up to me and I want, I want to change because cheerleading, you're not just a competitor. It's all about, same with any competitive sport. It's about you bring the, you set the children for life. You set not just the children, the, the young adults for life. And I yeah. wanted to have that effect on people and know that I'd had that effect on people because I was 27 when I was in America and I learned life lessons from my coaches. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to be on the other side of the floor and I wanted to be giving out what I'd learned. And I felt like it, uh, not just financially, but as a person, I was, I was ready to give back. Okay, so it just felt like it was the right time for you. And that's nice. That's nice that you can give back in the world. <laughs> Until I was dragged back in. By my coach, yes. <laughs> yeah, they just wanted you to get stay. I was out, out of shape and I was like, oh, okay. But yeah, I, I, would, <laughs> never, I would never 
pass up the opportunity to, to get back on the floor for, for my original team because yeah. I love it. That's why I do it. Um, I would never have said no. Yeah. Okay. Well, you were going to, weren't you, in April? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hopefully that opportunity comes again. No, now I'm done. I'm, 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 I retired once. I'm retiring again. I'm, I'm done. I'm done competing now. Are you sure? Next year, I'll be interviewing you because you're going to Vegas again. And, competing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what kind of, how do you balance everything you do? Because you do a lot of stuff on the side as well. Um, you know, within cheer, like, as you mentioned, how do you kind of manage everything kind of, and what is obviously cheerleading, cheerleading is a passion, but is it, do you see longevity in it, what you do? Um, for the time being, I'm a very, my, my partner hates this. I'm a very, as it goes, um, I'm not going to follow the norm. I don't want a nine to five. I don't want to be like normal people. Um, she hates it sometimes. But I built, I built, it all, all happened step by step as such. So like I coached in the week for my team. And then the education would be a weekend. And then that educational side doesn't run when competitions are running. So then I didn't have to lose out there. So I'd still be able to go and coach at my competitions. Um, so I didn't really, didn't really cross over. and I didn't really lose any out. I, get, I got to do all of it as such. So I built a timetable up that it all worked. So I also coach for dance schools that want to do flips want to do okay. their, their basic flips in dance schools. So like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'd be at dance schools. And then Wednesday night, I'd be doing cheer. And then weekends, I'd be doing cheer. Um, so yeah. Hey, how do you find the time? Where do you find the time to deal with it? But I just, I just built up, I find an hour. Someone asked me if I can do something. Yeah, cool. And I just build it like you would a nine to five job. I just build it around that. Um, and it's all very before and after school. So it's it's not really it's not like you lose time because a lot of it's after school so I get my days my days where I do my PT then so then I go and do my fitness side of it or if I'm looking after cheerleaders because I also do look after cheerleaders fitness and conditioning and strength okay and um, yeah. so I do that on the day and then the night time is when I'd go and coach and talking to cheerleaders so you say you look after a lot of cheerleaders mental health awareness week was last week there's so much kind of prominence on there now and rightly so Obviously, with cheerleading not being as in the spotlight as other sports, um, and maybe obviously I know like loads of cheerleaders are on social media and stuff, but obviously with it not being as publicised, there's not less spotlight on them. How have you seen like how is people cheerleaders coping with mental health and everything like that? Do you see like a struggle there, or is it generally quite positive? Yeah, I did. A, I did a great podcast on this actually um, with a therapist, a professional therapist called. Um, Deb and she comes on weekly on the podcast and she went really in depth into it and it can be hard sometimes especially as a coach because cheerleading is a child's can be a child's or an athlete's or even an adult's safe place mm -hmm. um so they could have they could have some mental issues or they're not they're not telling you because they're safe at cheerleading um but yeah, you, you do see it quite a lot. Um, and do you mean, was your question like, as in like, do we get it because it's not in the spotlight that you feel it affects? Yeah, no, I'm saying like, because people in the spotlight, they're probably struggling with mental health a little bit more or maybe a little more prominence because they get, there's a lot more social media kind of prominence on them. And there's a lot more kind of potential trolling. Do you get what I mean? There's a lot more opinions flying about, about what they do. So do you think 
it's kind of good that obviously we touched upon earlier that cheerleading is not as publicized and do you think if it was do you think that would affect mental health in general because obviously there'd be a lot more opinions like we said i feel social media is going to get you whenever whatever you do <laughs> if you're a sportsman if here. you're a radio presenter if you're yeah. a social media is going to get you um yeah. and, you and i feel like it. i feel like that's the reason why mental health is becoming such a high thing is because everyone can say everything they want to say yeah um i do believe social media as coaches as parents we should try and keep an eye on child's social media 100 percent, 100 percent. but then what about you what's your kind of been who's been your support system kind of throughout this kind of whole journey for you like what's been your kind of support system and someone to keep you motivated and keep you going my mom yeah <laughs> my mom um and like i said at the beginning and people if anyone watches it knows me i like to tell people i'm going to do something and if they tell me i can't then i'm doing it um cheerleading <laughs> cheerleading was the same thing it was like well not many people do it so i'm going to do it um hey okay. i'm gonna i'm gonna make a career at it now nah, you won't be able to do that okay cool i'll do it then and i did it was it almost trying to prove these people wrong obviously you enjoyed it as well you liked it because you were in that kind of arena but is it kind of like someone said it's kind of that rebellion nature going oh, well, on yeah 100 so when i tried out for my first world team um which was Coventry dynamite i didn't think i had a chance of getting on the team and a few people told me why why are you trying out you're not going to get on um oh, what you get me still there yeah. Yeah, 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 still there. Yeah. Um, like, why? You, you're not going to get on, etc. Um, and uh, I was like, you know what? Like, it's either a yes or a no. You get a yes yeah. or a no. And people were talking behind my back, saying that you still wouldn't get on. And even throughout the process, my coaches, which are now my my friends, they will they yeah. laugh um, because throughout the whole tryout process. I was like, oh, I don't think I'll get on. I was even saying to the coaches, people that I was like, I just, even after tryouts, I was, I was still like, I don't know. And that's because what people had said to me was in the back of my mind. But I was actually there to prove a point. And then I got on. And then, yeah, many, many years later, I've now got many world's medals and proven everyone wrong. And then now the next side of it is financially. Obviously, whenever you say you're going to be self-employed or you're going to do something that's different, it is a, I get it. If you get a nine to five job, it's easy to raise money. It's easy to get that paycheck every week. Um, but people saying I can't. So I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm going to make a career out of it. Yeah. And, and do you think, obviously, like there's a lot of people that you mentioned earlier that don't understand what you do. There's a lot of people that you said just now were like, okay, don't do it. Or, you know, you can't do that. Do you think it, it's because there's no kind of initial price tag? Like, obviously this is, Stuff like, you know, when you do untraditional careers or unconventional careers, it takes a long time to build it up, right? Even for myself. So you have to do the kind of unpaid stuff, you have to compete. Do you think if something's got a price tag compared to it and that's like, okay, you're earning from the start, that's deemed as more successful than? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, 100%, 100%. So it's took me many years to build up to where I was, which is why COVID hit me personally very hard. And yeah. I know it's hit, um, other cheer coaches, other cheer program owners, very, very hard because everything I've worked for for the last, say, six years, because I was a mechanic first, um, just been ripped from underneath me, just pulled from yeah. underneath me. And it was that's another, I've gone through that phase of 
can this can this actually be done? And I went for a few days of like, uh, am I going to have to? They, are they going to be right? The people who said I couldn't do it, and are they right now because I can't get through this situation? But then after those three days of self wallowing, I was like, no. Yeah, good, good. <laughs> let's, let's prove them wrong again. Let's get through this. Um, plans to buy a house, and I'm, I'm me and my partner. I was like, I'm still going to buy a house. Um, the same date when we were going to buy the house and, and nothing's going to change. And that was same again, like I say, a few, few days of self wallowing and like, Oh, okay, maybe they're right. Let's go get a nine to five job and let's be normal. And then I'll back in those three days of no, actually I'm not going to do that. But I think that's normal. Cause I've had that as well. Cause every, cause every industry is affected by COVID in some sort of way. So it's everyone's cause it has them days and you're like, Oh, do you know what? Maybe this isn't me. Maybe everyone that said you should have done a nine to five is right. And then you're like, well, no, actually, this is what I like to do. Let me, and here we are. We're both chatting. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you actually started your podcast, right? So you yeah, got a yeah, podcast. yeah. Tell us about that. So the Coffee with Sam podcast um, came from being locked down and being in lockdown. Having yeah, nothing to do. Right um, I like to do social media. Uh, been doing Instagram for a long time, but obviously the story's got the same. Um, I like to put out content. So when I was a competitor, I would vlog. I vlogged. Uh, the last two or three years of cheerleading, going to America, etc., and I love talking to people. Um, as people would say, I love talking about myself. So, <laughs> one of those. Um, so yeah, I turned myself over to being an, the interviewer, and just started the podcast. I've got a lot of friends in the industry, get them involved, and then it's now gone out to. Um, I've got I had a nutritionist on who's a friend, and then now people like yourself. Um, we're we're going to record a podcast. Um, I just enjoy it and giving it out to people. Like if I have two or three views, I'm not caring about thousands. Yeah, that's the thing. If that's I have thing, one yeah. person message me and say, your anxiety or your self-harm podcast has helped my whole, my whole program understand the pressures of cheerleading or just understand the pressures of lockdown. And my child now feels a lot better because I've put those um, things into place. Then I'm happy. I've done, I've done a good job. Um, so that's really, that's, that's yeah. inspiring. And now I've had... Um, a UFC person who wants to, to jump on and chat about UFC. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to spread it out and I'm going to speak to whoever and just, just chat to people and see if we can get some traction from that. So yeah, it's the coffee with Sam podcast. I like to drink coffee and I like to talk. So there you go. Well, look, same here, mate. Same. <laughs> no, but I think that's good. Cause I think obviously I've checked out your content and stuff like that. I think what you're doing is inspiring, but also a really positive message for what you do. Like you're promoting, cheerleading and how do you think like we've talked about cheerleading throughout like now but how do you think what can be done now what can we all do and what can be done more to encourage first of all men to perceive cheerleading in a more neutral way because it is it is a neutral sport and we'll quit the sport because even though it's not technically there yet it is going to be right and what can be done to help grow cheerleading in the UK so what do you think like you know before we kind of finish off and stuff so growing cheerleading is people just stop being so naive and small-minded. Okay. <laughs> Very deep for that straight, straight point. To the point. <laughs> stop being small-minded. Um, don't, don't knock it till you've tried it or until you've seen it because a lot of people haven't seen it. Um, we were on, team I was on, we were on Britain's Got Talent. That put us at the forefront. This, wow. this, this cheering on Netflix now is going there. So I feel... It's the media. I feel the media, it's the people are doing the right thing. The cheerleaders are doing the right thing. I feel 
the outside community of cheerleading is finally starting to understand it. And then obviously the, it's the media now. Um, I think it's the media and all the people that are at the top that need to get it. And then cheerleading will grow outside of its own industry. Um, I feel to get males involved in cheerleading is I'm going to say it is athletic. I had a boxer come and join in one of our sessions and he was blowing. He was out. And that was only yeah. one session. Um, they, the, the sessions are just as intense as soccer, football, because it's passed down from America, from America, the very hardcore sessions, they're in England, the same, um, very physically demanding on your body. You will grow a great physique um, from, from doing, I'm doing it. I'm sold. I'm doing it. Right? <laughs> I'm doing cheerleading. And um, the main thing I would say is not just to get males involved in it, but cheerleading ex accepts everybody. Okay. Tall, short, female, male, gay, straight, um, skinny. There's so many now. Skinny, There's so many fat, like, overweight. We accept everybody. Like you can be an. Ex I have seen some of the that you wouldn't class as the Instagram physique, and yeah. they are some of the best athletes that I have ever shared a world's floor with. Um, just uh, and just because they haven't got a physique, they are some of the fittest, strongest, mentally prepared people I have ever shared a floor with. Um, so the thing with cheerleading is it, it it accepts from everybody from every walk of life. Like you don't have to be this Instagram physique to be able to be a top level uh, cheerleader. Um, obviously, it helps. It does help. I'm not. I'm not knocking cheerleading on that way. But mm. we're not fit. We're not healthy. Um, but like I say, I've seen some people who haven't got the best physiques, and they are some of the best athletes that I have ever shared a floor with. Yeah, because generally, not having the best physique doesn't mean you're not physically fit. Do you get what I mean? Actually, like, yeah. So, okay, look, lastly, I want to finish off with a little game. Okay. okay. So I'm going to give you some scenarios and you need to tell me what would you do, okay? So I'm going to paint the picture for you, Sam, right? We're at your cheer squad, okay? You are the judge. You are the Simon Cow. okay? Yep. You are auditioning this whole herd of new kind of people that we have got to come to audition for your squad, okay? And I'm going to give you some scenarios. You're going to tell me what you do, okay? So they are really crap, right? Really, really shockingly bad. No coordination, no, you know, nothing. Nothing good about them. But they look the part for the team. They aesthetically, they look the part. Yes or no? Like, what are you doing? No. 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 Oh, <laughs> what's there? What's, what's their attitude like? Bad. No, then. <laughs> no. 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 Like, like I say, I've. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Just because you look the part, if you have, if you don't have, you, know, you can look the part. If, if you've got no ounce of talent, but a great attitude and a great worth work ethic, then yes. Okay. But if you look the part, you've got no talent and you've got a bad attitude, then. No. See ya. See you later. See you later. <laughs> okay if someone with a blue tick so someone either influencer celebrity famous that can bring a lot of press to the team a lot of that kind of you know that much much needed publicity but they were just average same again attitude what's their attitude 
bad. It's always bad. It's always, always bad. bad. <laughs> There's going to be no to all of these. You know, that picture is a little bit of a conundrum, doesn't it? Well, we might be able to put them on a, put them on a, um, a progression team. So then we can change their attitude to be the way that the, us and the other coaches want them to be. And then if their attitude changes, then yes, and it's going to bring great publicity. But okay. if they've got a bad attitude, then I don't, we don't care about how famous they are. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. If someone was great and really good, but wanted to take over, so wanted to kind of lead their, do things their way, do the moves their way. Oh, you get, you have 50% of a team like that. Oh, really? <laughs> These are teenagers we're working with here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and if someone didn't want to wear the uniform, like the kind of costume that you wear and the guy, what you got? Uniform, no costume. Don't you no say costume. costume. That's why I said uniform first. I was Don't like, okay. say costume. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they can't comp- they, they need to be on a recreational team that's not going to go to a competition because because okay. the the uniform is part of a part of cheerleading okay and lastly where would you place me in your squad what what, what am i doing what what position would i be what what, what do I how do? flexible are you not that, not that well, I'm trying, get, you can get your leg up <laughs> no definitely not <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a base then. You'd be a base. You'd be lifting. What, what is a base? So you'd be holding a girl on your hands. Okay, yeah. Above your head yeah. and then throwing them. Okay. There you go. There you go. Sign me up. Sign me up right now. Listen, Sam, look, thank you for your time. Thank it's you for been a chatting. Pleasure. Um, it's been really good to get to know you. Um, where can everyone follow you um, and everything like that? Uh, so my personal Instagram is at SamTBM, um, short for the body mechanic. And then my business page is at cheer precision tbm so cheer precision underscore tbm and there you can find uh, all my podcasts all my fitness stuff um all my cheer related fitness stuff um i do post that on both and then um cheer precision on facebook too and sam thompson on facebook all right brilliant well thank you so much sam thank you for your time yeah no, thank you for um doing something like this not just for for me but for the other guests you're going to have on but Thank you for shedding the light on cheerleading. Um, And when we're we're back and we can do lockdown, I'll come to the studio. Yes, yes. Definitely definitely come. Come, come, come. Get me on the radio. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, take care, yeah? Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See you later, dude.